podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Australian Open time. Let's go. I know you're excited. I can see that look in your eye. Do you think Djokovic is always getting easy draws or do you think Djokovic is simply so good that whatever you play him against is going to be an easy draw? And then just, uh, ooh, just a pass. Thompson, <laughs> not so fast. Slow down. This is the best wang. Oh, is it? You're determined to always put Eubanks out. You did it at Wimbledon. You, all, you just don't like it. What's, oh, it's a big one. Here we go. So I'm going. Emiradu Kanu. Oh, that was happened to my bracket. I've got Popper in here. I must have oh, kicked the wrong Djokovic is out. Big headline. <laughs> Djokovic out. So I think Djokovic will get revenge this time. Djokovic, I feel, is going to win the Australian Open this year. He never forgets Novak Djokovic. And he always wants revenge for that last defeat. That one in Wimbledon is still stinging. I've got Novak Djokovic. I've got Yelena Rabakina. Iga gets five. Novak gets 25. Jill Prince-Dabba, those are my two. Rebecca has had a hot start to the year, and she's going to take the title. How about that? And then on the men's side, a rematch of the Wimbledon final. And I think the result's going to be the same. Carlitos Alcaraz. Elena Verbakina winning on the women's side. I think we're going to get Novak Djokovic winning on the men's side. Number 11. Hey, welcome back, tennis fans. Day eight is complete and Novak Djokovic has arrived at the Australian Open, double bageling Adrian Manorino, the marathon man. But there were some other big victories on both men's and women's side and we have some quarter finalists that we are going to be speaking about. JG, uh, a really amazing day eight. Yes, I think the pick of the bunch has to be Rublev Dimonor. It was the one that went all the way to five. Rublev clinching it in the end and coming back from two sets to one down. The demon was really good, and we'll speak about that match in depth later on in this video. Um, we'll probably start with Novak Djokovic, and he was able to beat Manorino in such easy fashion that at six love, six love. Um, Manorino then won his first game, I believe, to make it one all in the third. And the crowd absolutely erupted. Um, probably the biggest applause we've had this whole Australian Open. Of course, it's a bit sarcastic, but it was very much um, reminiscent of how the match went. And that was Djokovic did not give Manorino an, a sniff at all. And the crowd just wanted to see something semi-competitive. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've just popped pop that one uh, up there. Uh, let's bring it up. And he was sort of uh, like conducting the orchestra a, a little bit there. He, he said, uh, they're doing me a favour. Uh, the more that they cheer against me, the better for me. Uh, they wake something in me that they perhaps don't want to see a winner. Uh, they still haven't learned. And Novak Djokovic, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that you can't really do against Djokovic to try and get the opponent to win is cheer against him because all it does is make him play better. But he was already like thrashing Manorino. It wasn't competitive at all, was it? It wasn't necessary. No. No, I don't think it was necessary, Djokovic, Djokovic's reaction. The match was done. He's already beaten him up. It was never, ever for a moment looking like Manorino could get back into it. 
I don't think Djokovic's reaction, unless you want to go down if you've got a video at all or anything. Yeah, I don't think we can play him it, doing this. This is what was happening, though. Yeah, I can can't do some... really, you can't really see it, but yeah, he was... he's conducting the crowd pretty much after his, what was it, six love, six love, one, one all. Yep. I just don't feel like it was necessary. Some people are going to look at this, maybe you will, and think, oh, this is brilliant from Joker. It's so funny. It's a fine line between some people finding this funny, some people thinking it's a bit arrogant and unnecessary. And maybe I'm going to offend some people. I'm on that side. I just don't think it was necessary at all. I had no issues with him, with, with him dealing with the hecklers in the previous matches. I understand that. Uh, but this just seems like a very unlikable move. There's a lot of people who agree with what I'm saying as well on social media. And I feel like it's a bit down the middle. So you've got the Djokovic fans who love it. And you've got other people who look at this and think, you're really not selling yourself very well. It's unnecessary. You've already beaten someone. It's done. It wasn't like it's a close match. It it was it was the match was over. I don't understand it. Yeah, so uh, it was a bit of a strange move, but it's like one of those things. Like if you're on court, maybe he's just trying to have some fun out there because it Did wasn't really. Did you enjoy really... it personally? Did you like it? You thought it was funny? Uh, I was a bit indifferent. I didn't think it was necessary. Uh, I didn't really bother me as much as everybody else because I feel like every time he gets booed, no matter if he's winning or if he's losing, I think he just tries to play into it. Like when he got heckled the other day, he likes to have a bit of uh, back and forth. I think that... He quite likes it, but a little back and forth with the crowd because he wants to... That, that's a little bit of a narrative. It puts him in the headlines a little bit more. It puts the spotlight on him a little bit more. I don't think... that. The only thing I think he doesn't realise is it's a, it is a little bit disrespectful to Manorino. That's the only thing that I would say in it. I don't really care about the fact that he's doing it when he's so far ahead. I just feel that Manorino's already getting beaten up. You could just beat him straight sets and then whatever afterwards, but... It is what it is. Djokovic getting booed and, well, this is his reaction. He can't always be the model uh, professional, <laughs> but sometimes he, he has a little bit of fun back at the crowd. I'm not too mad at it, but I can sort of see why people have gone after him. That's all yeah. I'll say. On the positive side, Djokovic looking a lot better. Um, he turned the corner playing Echeverri, one in straight sets, and looked pretty much the same against Manorino. And, yeah... Uh, this was a funny one. I think it was Ricky posted it on social yeah. media earlier saying, uh, Novak Djokovic won this t- tennis match and there was Manorino <laughs> was leading for all of probably five seconds in the match. Yeah, I love And 15. we do this a lot, don't we? So I thought this was uh, very fitting. It did. The amount of times we've uh, seen these ones, we saw one for Eager earlier in the tournament. And when was, Yeah, exactly. And... Uh, this one, it's just a, it's just ridiculous. When I saw it, it did make me have a little like giggle to myself. You sent it to me as well. I was like, yeah, exactly the same thing. It's the one thing you just wanted to share because it is ridiculous that that was what happened. Uh, he just battered him. That was the only time he was in trouble. <laughs> I love 15 in the match on his serve. At the start, that face probably sums it up, to be honest. It's like a bit of a puzzled look, but he wasn't even really challenged. Um, I, I thought this was a funny one that you sent to me as well. Um, it's, uh, I'm hearing rumours before the match that someone told Novak Djokovic he was playing a balding left-hander in his mid-30s. Djokovic misunderstood and thought it was Rafael Nadal. That's why he came out fired up and won easily. Six love, six love, six three. Poor Manorino. That's a funny one, that one. I liked that. I'm just going to sigh to this one. I don't really have a comment. 
<laughs> the next one, all right, we'll move away from that one. The next one, he would always get asked this question in a press conference, and it's about, obviously, always the impending retirement. When's it going to be? All of that the type of thing. big R word, and we're not talking about Roger. No, exactly. But he said he answers it in the same way every time. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. You can if it's on the screen. But he just was saying, I'm at the top of the game, essentially. I've got no desire to retire whilst I'm still at the top. And the only things that would uh, maybe change is there's a lot of things off the court. And he said, I've got I'm obviously a father, a husband. He said, I want to make sure I'm there for all of the things in my personal life. So... Things can change, and he's willing to admit that if things do change for any reason, there is a possibility that he might retire at some point. But at the moment, the way it's going, no, there's no retirement in sight. I don't know why he's keep being asked about it. It's annoying, um, to be honest. I don't really want to ask him that question because it, I don't think it's necessary. You ask players if they're close to retirement, if they start losing matches. If he's just obliterated Manorino... I don't understand why anyone would be asking, so are you thinking about retiring then? Why would he? He's just beaten Manorino. He's looking like his favourite for the Australian Open. Strange questioning. If yeah. I was him, I wouldn't even answer it. Um, I, I would see... just say, sorry, I can't be bothered. I answered that last week. Next, please. Yeah, I'll be like, go and see my uh, press conference at the uh, Tour Finals. I answered it there. Yeah, exactly right. Um... Well, I would just say something really sarcastic and say, yeah, I'm going to keep winning loads of Grand Slams. And I think now's the best time to retire because I keep winning. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put, turn it back on them. Really good idea. Well, Djokovic, I don't think there's much more we can say about the, the match because it was no. uh, just a one-sided drubbing. He did get a record, and he's always trying to close in on records, and this is the quarterfinal record. I think yeah. he's tied now with Roger Federer at the top. Uh, yeah. So that is something which Djokovic fans will be really pleased about. He's always trying to hunt down every possible record. He's got his name attached to pretty much all of them, and now he's got the quarter, most quarterfinals at Grand Slam level tied with right. Roger. I'll pull up a graphic just so that you can, so everyone can see it as well. Here you go. Right 58. there you go. Yeah, fifty-eight all. Um, I'm sure he'll add to that as well. Nadal there in third with forty-seven. Yeah, fifty-eight so. a good number as well because we've got fifty-eight thousand subscribers, and if you want to change that. <laughs> Hit that button and we get to 59, uh, like Djokovic probably will do at Roland Garros. Are you happy he's off of 57? You're a lucky number. <laughs> 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 Just moved away from that number for you. Rafa's Don't want to get there soon. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Another 10 and he'll be there. Um, do we want to go over to his uh, next opponent? Um, he's going to be playing Taylor Fritz, who yeah. managed to get through Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, we neither of us called it, but it was one of the best performances, yeah, from Taylor Fritz at a Grand Slam, and I do agree with the uh, Jose Morgado here on this one. He his level was super high, and especially the backhand. Some of the backhand winners he was hitting from really out of the court. Uh, they're almost like going around the net post. Some of these winners, fifty winners in total, nineteen unforced errors, uh, and back-to-back quarterfinals at majors. The third overall after losing uh, to Djokovic at the U.S. Open, and now he plays Djokovic again in a quarterfinal. Yeah, I don't know if the conditions helped him because it was played under a closed roof. Uh, hmm. This one and the Djokovic match. Fritz, you know, when he's serving well, he can be very dangerous. 
he's said after this match that he is pretty confident about Djokovic. He said he was confident about this match with Tsitsipas. He said in the locker room before, I don't know if it was to his girlfriend or a coach, or so, he said it to someone close to him anyway, girlfriend. that he feels super confident that he can win this match if, as long as he serves well. Exactly what he did. And he said after the match, that if he serves exactly the same as he did today against Tsitsipas, he feels like he stands a chance against Djokovic. Unfortunately, he said this many times, I believe. Something of the yeah. same nature. I think he said last time he was to play Djokovic at the US Open. I'm playing really well. I'm confident. This is the time I'm going to beat him. I don't mind all the talk, but eventually you've got to start backing it up. Um, yeah. At the moment, he should start a podcast because he's doing a lot of talking and not enough action. Well, it segues nicely into somebody who probably is doing a podcast and just including him and getting all the views from him and inserting herself into the picture. Somebody who didn't believe in him either. I didn't believe he'd beat Sissipas, and that is his girlfriend, uh, Taylor Riddle, I believe. No, Morgan Riddle, sorry. Taylor Fritz is obviously his name. Maybe he's going to take her name. I should probably insist on that. She will now have to eat a full jar of Vegemite on Instagram Live um, and... He's not going to be partaking in it. And uh, she uh, didn't seem too pleased with that. And there you can see. I'm not sure why she's doing that gesture. I don't know if she's trying to signal something else there. Well, that's <laughs> going to be used for a lot of memes, I'm sure. Uh, look at the yeah. kid in the background. He was enjoying it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But uh, yeah, didn't believe it, that he could beat uh, uh Not. I don't know. Maybe that gave him the motivation. I don't know what, what her tactic is here. But she is inserting herself into the narrative quite a lot and getting herself a lot of airtime um, as a lot of people have got a lot of views on this but as long as he's happy as long as she's happy I think everybody I think should for, just I stick think to fair her. play to her yeah. fair play she's doing exactly she wants to grow her following she wants to be more well known she yep. clearly has a lot of respect and love for Taylor Fritz I believe they're a genuine couple they're both happy I don't see nothing really wrong with it I mean fair play to her yeah, um, some a, people, yeah. a lot of people criticise people in this world because they're jealous and I think that will be the case a lot with her what, what did you make on uh, this one I'll play a little clip from uh, one of her I think it's one of her YouTube series wait for this. I told you I wasn't <laughs> interested before, no. <laughs> you're going to enjoy it I'm sure you are I just felt a bit like awkward watching it to be honest I'm not sure which ones this is from I think but... you're one of the haters who are jealous no I don't mind but I just feel it's like quite funny like and I'm just watching him she makes him squirm sometimes Sinner's playing right now and then we've got he will be a fun match he's like fun to watch he's so cute <laughs> 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 his face <laughs> After she says that, he's like, what? <laughs> Why are you saying that? But I yeah, mean, I, thought, I thought it was quite funny. Sinner is cute. I agree with her. He, he is, yeah. Especially where he went, when he wears those cardigans as well. Uh, he could be popping around for a Sunday dinner around the in-laws. But, yeah, it's all he said in chest. I'm sure she obviously yeah. wants Taylor to win. And Most definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against her in the slightest. I know there's some people who get very frustrated, but... I like it as a story, though. I think it adds a little bit to his like a, like value on a tennis court. She is adding extra stuff to him right now, which he doesn't have the biggest following. So maybe this is helping Taylor Fritz get on the map a bit more. So yeah. good on you. Getting back to the tennis, Ben, I know yep. you're very reluctant to speak about the tennis, um, but with Stefano Sissipas, <laughs> a question to you. Are you critical at all of his performance? 
Not I'm really. Not, I'm not really, no. No. I heard that he had uh, a bit of a back injury as well, unfortunately, coming into this match. And I think he played quite well. And he he held his hands up and he said, Taylor Fritz just played incredibly. I couldn't have beaten him today. He didn't, oh, didn't blame the back injury? No, I didn't blame it. Just said Taylor Fritz was just really good. Other people have been saying he did well considering to get to this stage of the tournament, considering he came in with a back injury. Yeah, so, nothing worse than players moaning about injuries after they lose. Who could do uh, that? But, um, <laughs> I didn't know, no names, names. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Fritz, no, sorry, Sissipas didn't do too bad at all. No, I thought and it was a good performance. It, it's a tough one against Fritz, if Fritz plays like he did. So I'm not going to be critical of him. I know I have been in the past, but Sissipas... He'll be pleased with his tournament, and I'm sure he can push on in some future events. I'd like to see Sissipas do better at Wimbledon this year um, and find maybe that form we saw a few years ago at Roland Garros. And if he can do that, then Sissipas is on the right track. So I think, unfortunately for him, though, I think he might drop outside the top 10 now. Oh. Of course, he was defending a lot of points. Yeah, uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm sure he can pick them back up. Let's move over to another match, and that's Yannick Sinner against Hachanov. And that okay. one was straight sets. No problem. I was going to go to a different one, but let's go to Sinner next. Yeah. Okay, here we go. So, yeah, straight sets, you called it. I went for Hachanov to sneak a set just because I thought he's pretty good in slams, normally good at taking a set, but Sinner's so damn good right now. This was just a break a set, but the difference in the two players... Yannick Sinner is just able to hit so hard and so consistent and kept Hachanov at the baseline. Uh, it, all of his shots were going pretty much between service line and baseline. Hachanov's would land in short around like the service line a lot of the time. And I feel that that's the difference, the power, the accuracy. And when Sinner really wants to go for a winner, you, you're not going to get anywhere near it. it. It's literally, it will hit the baseline each time and fly past you. He's dro and he's bringing in drop shots now as well. Push you all the way back, then he'll do a crafty little drop shot now. I really like that from him. This is brilliant. 12 sets played, 12 sets won, seven match winning streak, and uh, second Australian Open quarterfinal. Yeah, Hachanov didn't play too bad. Played better than yeah. I thought he would. Um he probably had the shot of the match. I don't know if you saw the tweener lob. That was a really yeah, great brilliant. shot from him. Don't know how he managed to pull that off. Especially with his height. It just seems yeah. like it would be more awkward for someone like him, but amazing. Yeah, he is a good player, Hachanov, but I just never thought he was ever going to trouble Sinner. I didn't think it was going to be as close as it was. Um, and Sinner, another level, of quite a few levels above Hachanov, in fact. Yeah. I don't know what, what more we can say about Sinner at the moment because he's it's getting gradually tougher, as we well, know. I, I've and been saying it from sort of the first week to now, and I'll stick with it. And I think he's been the most impressive player this year's Australian Open. Yeah. And he probably is the player to beat. And if we are to get the semi-final of Sinner, Djokovic, <sighs> we're in for probably the greatest match of the tournament. It could be better than the final. Um Alcaraz, if he beats Medvedev and gets all the way there, if, of course, he play, goes that far, a lot of matches yet to play, then that one could be special, an Alcaraz-Djokovic final. But aside from that, it's got to be Sinner-Djokovic in the semi. I'm so pleased he's continued the form from the back end of last year. It was the one worry I think everybody had that he might not be able to replicate that and the, the short break and then going to Australia. He is now, like, by far 
one of the best players in the world. Like, and there's no shadow of a doubt now that he is a challenger for every single tournament he will enter. And scary prospect because he's going to be playing. And do not adjust your TV screens right now. I'm going to do a bit of a switcheroo. And make sure you just brace yourself for this one because Yannick Sinner's next opponent is... It's Andre Rublev. There he is. Oh, my word. He's doing the Kyrgios celebration. Have you seen Kyrgios did this one at the Australian Open? They put the two together. He said, I'm going to put out a tweet where I put them both side by side and compare the two. But I said, I think he surpassed my celebration of the big tongue wagging scream. And oh, what a sight this is. I think this one will go down in the ages as... Like, uh, it's a bit scary, to be honest, do you not think? Yeah, and he's a scary player when he's on. It's going to be a fantastic match against Sinner. Sinner's got his work cut out. Probably the toughest opponent, aside from the top four, I put him as number five. And um, interested to see how it plays out. Of course, Sinner's been so good, so I'd expect him to win, but I think it's going to be tight. And just on his opponent, Alex Dimonor, I know I did predict him to win in five. It did go five, but Rublev bageled him in the fifth. I think yeah. he played exceptionally well, Alex Dimonor. He's turned a corner big time. I think he is, it's a matter of time until he is a top 10 player. He's getting better and better. He started this year so well, and I think he, I think he can be proud of his performance. He's just run out yeah. of steam a little bit in the fifth, and... And Rublev just levelled up and levelled up and just didn't go away, kept hitting big, serving well. And it's so tough when Rublev, Rublev plays like this. And he's now into his 10th major quarterfinal. Great level for him towards the end. Can he beat Sinner, break the streak and make his first major semi-final? It's in, insane to think that Rublev's never been in a Grand Slam semi-final. It's going to happen at one, t- one stage. Maybe it's going to happen in the next few days. We'll have to wait and see. Um, he won't be pleased to have to play Sinner though because no. he is looking so good. And Alex Dimonor, there was times I was watching that third set, I believe, the one he won in the tiebreak. Yes. He was up 5-2 at one point. It went all the way back to tiebreak. And he was covering so much of the court. It was incredible. His court coverage is probably the best on tour. I feel so like him and, him and Alcalaz are close. Yeah. And... He's got better coverage than most insurance companies. Boy, <laughs> it really does. I mean, the way he was sprinting around that court, it was uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, some of the shots that he's able to play when he looks like he's beaten in a rally as well, I thought Dimonor. Like, Rublev obviously hits it into the corners with such pace, and, and Dimonor was sprinting there and flicking it back to the other corner with as much pace on the ball as well. The rallies in this match were some of the best of the tournament. Some people call it match of the tournament. I think it's right up there with uh, possibly my favourite one. But I still think that there's more to come from Andre Rublev, and we could see it against Yannick Sinner, but it's a tall order. He's lost his last two to Yannick Sinner last year, both in straight sets, both on hard court. Something's going to have to change, and Rublev's going to have to come onto the court numb, not thinking about the fact he could get to a semi-final, not thinking about the last results, and just treating every point as a a must-win, because if he doesn't, he's not going to get past Yannick Sinner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well done to Rublev. Well done to Dimonor as well. He'll be back and hopefully he can get an opportunity uh, in the next few slams to, to have another ch- shot of getting to a quarterfinal.
indeed. And he said, it's better not to be inside my head. It's like a scary movie. So <laughs> that's what's going on inside Rublev's head. On to the women's, though. And somebody who doesn't have uh, any worries inside her head at the moment is Alina Sabalenka. And she absolutely destroyed uh, Amanda Anisimova. It was straight sets, as you said. Um, Anisimova, no match. Sabalenka was up a break really early. There were a few little rain delays that made them go on and off, on and off. But... Saba just looks the just ultimate champion. She's just winning so many matches down under. That's the 11th uh, consecutive match at the Australian Open. And that's uh, since Serena Williams. And she got 11 between 2017 and 2019, which yeah. good company to be in. Uh. Yeah, Nisimova will be pleased she won a few matches and shown the tennis world that she's back at some kind of capacity. But Sabalenka was always going to be fought a bit too much. Um, and you could probably say the same for Freck. Happy she won some matches, but playing against Coco Goff, it wasn't really competitive whatsoever. There was never a doubt that Coco was going to lose. And Coco and Saba just look destined at the moment to be playing each other in the semis. Looks like it, doesn't it? Sabalenka is the youngest player to reach six consecutive uh, singles Grand Slam quarterfinals since Amelie Moresmo between uh, the US Open 2003, Australian Open 2005 as well. So, Caliber. Yeah, really getting up there with some top, top names in the sport. She's going to be the favourite for the tournament now. Obviously, no eager, no uh, Rabakina, but Coco Goff. Coco? Yeah, Coco Goff could be the one to, to stop her. She managed to stop her at the US Open, but it's a slightly different court down under but she looks amazing coco goff made light work of uh freck i thought it was incredible performance freck didn't have a she's chance not lost this year is she coco no i don't she believe was winning so before as well so that's a nine match win streak she's won 33 of her last 37 matches um yeah. today she wins her 11th what's that consecutive match <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, crazy. 11 consecutive matches, 33 out of the last 37. And it's just a brilliant uh, start to the year for Coco Goff. This is another person. She's like the Yannick. She's like a, a step ahead of Yannick Sinner, I think. You're saying Sabalenka's the favourite. Is Coco not the favourite? No, I think Sabalenka's still the favourite due to being the reigning champion. I but think then that she's Coco beat her in a in a Grand Slam the last time they faced U, each US, other. U.S. Open though slightly so? it's different court, slower court. This court suits this Sabalenka. Slow yes, yeah, slightly slower. But and I think Coco Goff's been demolishing her opponents very very easily. Because I've yeah. also been saying the same as you with Sabalenka being the favourite the whole time. There's been some people commenting saying why are you not saying Coco is, and I've been thinking about it. And I think I'm kind of a little bit wrong. I feel like I'm changing my mind slightly. The more I'm seeing it, I'm kind of starting to think that it's actually level between them and we don't have it's a favourite. close, isn't it? I mean, I put this tweet out. I don't know if this means anything to anyone. I just thought I'd put it out there, which is Coco Goff's Australian Open opponent so far. This was just after the win. It was uh, number 68 in round one, uh, Schmeidlova. Uh, number 43, Dollar Hyde. Number 82, Parks, and number 69, Freck. Just uh, now she's in the quarterfinals. She's up against uh, number 37, Marta Kostyuk. Do you think that that means anything, or you just beat who's in front of you? She's done it convincingly, so I don't think we can say much more. I I think that's biased. I think, why don't you do the same for Sabalenka? Yeah, yeah, I would have. She had Seedor, Sarenko, and then Isimova. 
think yeah, it's exactly. Much, much tougher. Two no, really young much. players. Serenko, not a world beater. And Nistamova coming back, also young, not got that much experience. I think probably it's an easier easier draw than Coco Goff's even. I think they've See both it. had very fortu- fortuitous draws. And Agreed. Eager and Rebecca had tougher ones, just the top and bottom of it. I like what you did there. <laughs> it is the top and bottom of it. They're at the bottom and they look like they will be facing each other, but they're going to have to get through some tough competitors. And another one that you called right, uh, and we've got to give you credit again, which is annoying to say, it is Marta Kostyuk. Uh, she won the Australian Open Juniors in 2017 as a 14-year-old prodigy and uh, first slam quarterfinal as a pro. It will be here as well. She said, it's my favourite tournament, my favourite fans. And she looked super happy after this win. She even said it didn't even feel like a fourth round of a Grand Slam. She said because of the rain delays, she kept going off court and back on. She didn't feel any pressure at all in this match against Timofieva. And just beat her very easily, six two yeah. six one. Yeah, I mean, well, it's easy. Another one who's not played anyone. She's played Claire Lou, Elise Mertens, Avanisan, and Timo Fiva to get to the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. No offense, but the people at the top half of the, uh, yeah. the top half of the draw, they didn't quite. Um, sorry, just the, the the bottom half of the draw. Bo- aren't yeah, as good. Quite clearly, I mean, this I'm, is the they problem. Just wasn't as good. I don't think it was that balanced. I think I feel. That's not that much. That's not a tough draw. Claire Lou, Mertens, Avanesiam and Tim of Fever to get to a quarterfinal. She's been very fortuitous. I don't think she's been that great. No, I think she'll get absolutely tonked in the next match. Maybe was... people don't want me to say these kind of things on here, but I'm just being honest. Well, I'm not going to dress like it up like all the, comment- the commentators you listen. Like, oh, it's such a great achievement for her. She's doing so well. She's done well. She's beating who's in front of her. Is she a world beater? No. Is she that amazing? Is she going to get to a quarterfinal of a Grand Slam again? Potentially, but it's going to be very unlikely. If she plays anyone half decent, she'll probably Goff. lose. Well, she's playing Goff next. Yeah. so It'll be a two and a one. <clears throat> well, this is it. And do you think that there's an extra added incentive for her? We know her views on the whole Ukraine war uh, stuff. She just played two Russians in a, ro- in a row and beaten both of them. Do you reckon she's got that in the back of her mind all the time, that that just gives her the added incentive sure, yeah, just sure to win those? Of course it's in her mind all the time. Of course it is. But I don't think that's sometimes a good thing. I think sometimes it can be, it can create a little bit of um, confusion in your head and it can make you a little bit distracted and away from the actual sport of tennis. So I, I think it's a big burden to, to take on your shoulders when there's obviously think, things far greater than tennis happening in the world. Yeah. So probably it doesn't help, if anything. Yeah. Ukraine are having a great tournament on the women's side. I mean, knowing this fourth round, there are three of them in the uh, in the fourth round, which is amazing. Svitolina and Yastremska being the other two. And that's a national record at slams to have three Ukrainian players in the fourth round. So that that's really great for yeah. Ukraine. Let's see how the other two get on. Will they be uh, uh, as fortuitous in their results? But moving away and moving on to Sabah's next opponent, and we have to speak about the end of the run for Mila Andreeva. She was defeated by yet another turnaround from Barbora Krajcikova. She wins from a set down for the third time this week to reach the quarterfinals. I mean, the, just... The, Sorry. Go the, on. Difference, no. the difference in this one was Krajcika actually played well. Um, yeah. After that, the first set, she couldn't hit She couldn't hit the ball. She made so many unforced errors. 
Uh, I forget the number now, but I was looking at it earlier. So many. Mm. Wayward, terrible tennis. Then turned it around. Second set and third set, she played at a high level. Uh, probably the highest we've seen at all tournament. She didn't play like that against Storm Sanders, Storm, San- uh, Storm, San- Storm Hunter. Hunter yeah. just wasn't very good. Yeah, I agree. I, I and, think she threw it away. Kajika yeah. got lucky in this that match. This one, Andreeva's... She, she, like, I've been saying it the last few weeks. I don't want to get too carried away with her. She's good. She's showing amazing stuff for 16, but she's not quite a top 10 player at all. No. Uh, there's a few frailties. She's lacking some power, but yeah, Definitely. one for the future. And I really want to see her. I'm sure she's going to win Grand Slams. I, I really do like her. And she was a player I was getting behind more than anyone after her back and I went out. So I was disappointed to see that she did lose. Um, but of course, great that Kalachikova's found that form because she's one of the few players who can trouble a Sabalenka or yep. who can trouble a Coco Goff. She is a Grand Slam champion and when everything goes really well for her, she's one of the best players. She can trouble them all, even eager yes. in a final. And that was, I think, with the difference between her and Mia Angeleva. The power that she possesses is, is the, like you said, can trouble the likes of Sabah and eager. Uh, Milan Jova was just on the run for the last like two sets, like side to side, and she, her recoverability is brilliant. But like you said, you just Good not lesson. you can't you can't hang with the the big hitters yet. That's the problem, and that's why I worried about her uh, winning. I didn't think she'd beat Klaichikova in three sets. I said it on the predictions. I thought if she had to beat her, it would be in straight sets because Klaichikova's proven time and time again she can come from behind and win and she's done it yeah. again but I knew Krachiko was never going to win in straight sets so yeah. that's why I went for three <laughs> yeah, exactly so this is what we've got at the bottom of the draw uh, which is quite interesting we've got a defending champion in Australia which is Sabalenka we've got the last Grand Slam champion in Coco Goff we've got a Grand Slam champion in Barbora Krachikova and the former juniors champion from the Australian Open which is Marta Kostyuk not too uh, bad, eh? For me, you've got a semi-final of Coco Goff and Sabalenka there as well. Um, no offence, I don't see any other way that it's going to play out. I mean, this could play into Coco's hands. I mean, if Kaichikova does it again and gets slightly better and then starts giving Saba the run around, Coco, you never know. I think um, Kostic will be lucky to get five games and Kaichikova will be lucky to get five games. Well, we don't need to do the predictions now, then. All right. Well, you might change your mind when we get to the predictions no, tomorrow night. No. All right. I, maybe I'll have something different. I'll have to go down Good. some other uh, avenue. I've not done too well on the uh, first day of our round four predictions. I'm behind as I was in the round three oh, ones. Bring it up. Remind us. All right. I'm just going to just gonna find it. Just give me it. we'll wrap up because I think this has been our longest ever one. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, the matches are getting better. And here we go. So these are the ones from day eight. As you can see here, we've got Djokovic. We both got right in straight sets. Neither of us got uh, Taylor Fritz to win, so we don't get any points. You had Yannick Sinner to win, so you got full three points. I had him in four, so I only get one. And Rublev, I had to win in four, so I only get one. You had Dimonor. And then on the women's side, both had Goff in straights. Got that right. Um, Sabalenka in two, you got that right. I said in three, I got one point. Kostyuk, you had to win. You got a one point because you got the wrong sets. And I didn't get any for Timofieva or Andreeva. So Klochikova threw, meaning we don't get any points for that one. 
But be interested to see how day nine goes because I'm down 7-4 on the women's. We've got different winners yeah. uh, and set scores. I uh, know different set scores at least on all of them. Yeah. So There's opportunities and points to be made here. Yeah, I mean, look at this. I mean, they're completely different, all of these ones. I'm either going to be miles behind because at the moment I'm four behind, bless you, uh, or I'm going to claw it all the way back and then uh, hopefully take the lead. But four behind, but m more tennis to be played, and I'm hopeful. Exactly that. Let's wrap it up there. Thanks for watching. This has been day eight, day yep. nine. Day eight. Day eight action at the Australian Open. Thank you for watching. Make sure if you haven't already, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. We will be doing quarterfinal predictions once day nine has concluded. And we will be covering Carlos Alcaraz versus Kezmanovic. Um, and maybe one of the others. I'm not sure yet. Maybe Borges Medvedev as well. Ooh, that one is an exciting one. I can't wait for that. But yeah, let, let the tennis commence. Yeah. Yeah. Go check time. us out on Spotify as well if you want to listen to our beautiful voices over there. Um but for now, we'll see you like see you guys later. Bye bye. Podcast Network.